Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Yeah. 903 here on the Todd and Oz Show. You can join us, too, at 512-836-0590. Let's talk about this crash into the St. David's emergency room. Uh, this happened about, uh, I guess it was about 5.30 yesterday afternoon it was. Yeah. Am I right about that? Yeah, right around there. Well, the scene was pure chaos. It unfolded inside the St. David's Medical Center emergency room after a car, uh, like, a, like a Kool-Aid commercial, just crashes through the brick wall mm. into the emergency room. Uh, somebody inside there was able to record the video. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. And the wheels keep spinning. Uh, yeah. the, it, it's believed that this person uh, died as a result of the crash or just before the crash, I guess. Yeah, Austin, Travis County EMS, Robert Lukowitz. One individual was pronounced uh, deceased on the scene of the incident after being extricated from the vehicle by the Austin Fire Department. An additional four patients were transported to area hospitals. Yeah, just one person in that car, correct? Correct, from yeah. what I understand. Two victims, including children, uh, two children, one is in critical condition. And according to the Austin Police Department, they very quickly came out with a statement saying this was not an intentional crash. It, it, that, that was the report. But yeah, I mean... Heard about it one minute, and the next minute you're hearing, oh, yeah, but they're saying it's not intentional, you know, so... Uh, how, how, how did they determine it was uh, not intentional when when the driver's dead? I was dead, though, yeah. And, and immediately came out with that uh, that statement. It, the, the fact that they came out with a statement so fast uh, insinuates that there's something else going on with this story. Oh, you think so? Well, I mean, you've got to drive through a parking lot and make a turn to get up into that wall, into that area. Yeah. This wasn't like somebody had a heart attack and crashed into the closest building. Uh, this was through a parking lot. To me, it seems like it was intentional. I'm sure they that... They intentionally uh, drove through the wall. That was, you know, w when I first heard about it, that was my initial reaction, that, it, that, that someone had done this, and it had to have been... It's out of the way. It had to have been the thought of other people in, the, in there, too. It, no oh other my car. Gosh, somebody's intentionally trying to run us over. They passed several cars to hit that wall. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I definitely want to hear more information about this one because okay, okay. it's it's odd. It's very odd. Yeah, and and they still haven't released the name of the driver. Don't know the name yet. That's right. How can you how can you say it was not intentional when you don't have all of the facts of the story yet? Uh, may, you know, maybe it'll come out uh, down the road. They say, you know what, investigators looked into it, and we actually do believe now that it's, it was. You know, that that still could happen. I guess so. Still could happen, but but it's wild. I, it's certainly. Uh, Something that you don't expect to happen when you're sitting there in the emergency room. No, no, no. This is uh, this is a pretty scary moment, actually. Two pediatric patients and one adult were transported to Dell Children's Hospital. One of those pediatric patients was in critical condition. In addition, one adult patient was transported to Round Rock Medical Center in critical condition. Yeah. All right. Jump in at 512-836-0590 uh, here on the Todd and Oz Show. I don't... Uh, I mean, do you... 
I, I guess uh, we'll, we'll find out soon what happened yeah. here. I know that there were there was, so there were eight people being treated in there, and then uh, you know there were other that w- one of the kids is in critical condition. He had to be you know taken to an ER elsewhere. I think there's one other adult as well. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it I think because this is just so odd that that. It, not only that you would crash into the building like that, that you'd, you'd come completely through it like that. And then, you know, you could hear it in that video you were playing Yeah, as the tile, tires were still spinning there on, on the floor. So there's, there's definitely Man, a you, lot more information that we don't know yet. Can you imagine just being in that room and then all of a sudden, boom, you hear the explosion of the wall, that sort of thing. You have to be taken to the ER because you were sitting in an ER waiting to go to an ER. Yeah. All right, jump in at 512-836-0590. The National MS Society, they may uh well they may have uh, maybe having uh, one of those devastating woke moments. Yeah, the the National MS Society makes a 90-year-old volunteer step down because she wasn't inclusive enough. Her name is Fran And uh, she's been volunteering for 60 years. Her husband died of MS, and she decided to dedicate her life to helping other folks like him. Two-thirds of her entire life. Her crime? She asked the question, what pronouns are? What are pronouns? And uh, then she got an email from, uh, I guess, uh, uh, the leader there of the National MS Society. And uh, they were letting her go because she wasn't inclusive enough because she was just simply asking uh, a question. Uh, letters that had come in after the person's name they had the pronouns but i didn't know what that meant and so finally i when i was talking to her i thought i'll ask what does it mean and uh you know let her tell me and so she said that meant that they were include all inclusive which didn't make sense to me because it it sounds like you're uh, labeling or labeling uh for females and not males if you're just putting in she her she said that she was just asking her what it meant to have a conversation so as a 90 year old who didn't know what it meant you know she's not street savvy (laughs) to find out what it meant and when she said that they were required to use it to be inclusive and my mom was saying Uh, that we've always been the ms society as a whole and the long beach group yeah group has just always been inclusive a few days later, uh, it was on a Friday at, was it, 4.58? At 4.58, which we thought was odd, but anyway. At the end of the day, end of the week, I got an email from her saying that uh, they were sorry, but they had to ask me to step down as a volunteer for the MS Society. And the reason being is that you're not inclusive enough. The garbage she said was, was that she didn't abide by their diversity, equity, and inclusion, so they have to ask her to step down, and she can't be a part of the MS Society. As a- there you go. That's Fran and her daughter there. So I guess the lesson is there's no there's no room for learning, and there's no room for redemption and forgiveness, especially if you're a 90-year-old just asking questions. Yeah. Well, it, 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 is, the, uh, it is the tyranny of the modern, uh, you know, sort of transgender ideology. I mean, yeah. you know, because there was a time, you know, legitimately when, you know, the, the gay, lesbian, the well, LGBT community, you know, they, they had a legitimate gripe. You know, uh, they, they had they, they faced a lot of rejection. They, they were vulnerable in a lot of ways. And now they are the group most capable at determining which opinions are and are not allowed to be shared in public or anywhere in society. Yeah. They're the ones that call the shot. They are the most protected class 
in this country. It's just amazing because she was. It wasn't like uh, Fran was, you know, being insulting and trying to get under somebody's skin. She wasn't being uh, someone that's was trying to be mean to somebody, right? No, of course just, not. She just asked a question. What do you mean? What's what's the pronoun thing? I don't understand. And 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 the and the national MS couldn't even take the time to explain it to her, even though what they would have explained was wrong, right? Sure. But they could not explain it to her. They wouldn't even take the moment to do it. She she gave them sixty years of her life. That those this was not paid time. She yeah. gave them. And and I would think that if uh, you're dealing with MS, you you probably want someone like Fran around. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And you know, obviously, when you're when you're that committed to your volunteer work, you 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 care. You're you're someone. You're the kind of person that you know that organization. I think would welcome with open arms for as long as you wanted to be there. Just think of the irony. A texter pointed this out. Uh, just think of the irony. Diversity is greater than volunteering. Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently <That's great>. so. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. Night 16 here on the Todd and Oz Show. You can jump in at 512-836-0590. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day. And apparently, uh, is it the Gen Zs or the Millennials that... Uh, the Gen Zs. Gen Z types. Uh, that's on the younger end, right? Yes, yes. Okay. They, uh, on this Valentine's Day, it, it appears that there, there's a growing trend to try something different in the dating world, and it's actual face-to-face communication. Yeah. How about that, Gen Z? I spotted this on the, the oh CBS, CBS Austin side. Gen Z loses interest in dating apps, prefers in-person meetings. So they, they're extolling the virtues of, of this brand new thing they found. It's called in, interpersonal communication. Okay. Uh, face-to-face talks. And I found I found one of the quotes interesting. Yeah. That said, uh, they, they talked to this kid named Ara Pradhan. Mm-hmm. says, I wouldn't say I've been successful, but it has helped me in learning how to talk to people and make small talk, which shows, I mean, that's basic communication. Most of us learned at, at, a, at an early age. And you've got an entire generation that grew up behind a computer screen. Yeah. And they're now sitting there saying, you know, this in-person dating, I, I, I actually get to learn how to talk to people. I kind of like it. Isn't that kind of sad, though? We're at a point where, like, you know, you've got young adults who yeah. never learned how to have those conversations with one another. Uh, so I, I, some of these younger people are saying they have a hard time viewing the people that they, they meet on dating apps as real people. Mm. And yet when they meet someone in person... They actually, it feels like, you know, they get that that serotonin release. Is the, is the dating app, is that the uh, the means of uh, dating these days? Is that the, the prominent way? I think it's been, long been, been the means for is a lot it? of people. You know, because there was a time that it was pretty, you know, still had that sort of stigma about it. That if you're on, in the early 2000s, if you're online dating, you might as well just be that guy putting a personal ad in the back of the paper. Right. But it's not that. Hadn't been that for a long, long time, many years. Yeah. But but And I think this is great because we... We all of us are, are uh, who are online for much of our day are guilty to some degree of not, you know, not communicating in person like like we used to all the yeah. time. You know, so I think this is great. This is great for young people. For young people, absolutely. You know, because they, we need to be near each other. Yeah, you know, we, we do, and and I think COVID really helped. Uh, it, it helped us realize just how much isolate, how much damage you know being isolating, isolated from one another can actually do. You know, you come together, you talk, sure. you have some fun, you grow. Uh, have some laughs. So, and I think young some young people in this story too also talk about how they 
They think apps are only for casual flings nowadays. Oh. If you want to go find the real thing, you got to go out there and actually talk to somebody the, uh, in the, person, face-to-face. The apps are for the hook hookup culture? Is that what it is? That's what some of them are saying, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and they say some of the concerns you got is, you know, you might not know if somebody's going to like you, you know, if you, if you start talking to them and maybe you hit on them in person. Well, well, yeah. you know, there's only one way to find out that way, my friend, and that's yeah. to just take the plunge. Yeah, just get there face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, good on good on Gen Z for this. I'm glad they finally found uh, you know a new a new way to communicate. It is uh, nine nineteen. Mayor Eric Adams of New York. He is stressing with a, a sense of urgency that New York City has run out of room as the escalating migrant illegal alien crisis engulfs not only the Big Apple but major cities in the U.S. Here's what Eric Adams says: Our hearts are endless, but our resources are not. It's not like uh, New York is, is not saying we're, we're not a city of immigrants. We are. Uh, but we're going broke. We just don't have the money, he says. He said we have a rich history of immigrants, but we cannot take the global problem on that it's become. It is unfair for New Yorkers. It's unfair for migrants, he says. But it's fair for us. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Uh, thanks to New York City's sanctuary policies, Eric Adams faces uh, kind of a predicament, if you will. The city is bursting at the seams and is struggling to find places to house everyone. Uh, yet, uh, he thinks, uh, the you know, thanks to those policies, uh, he's unable to hand uh, illegal aliens who are repeat offenders over to ICE. Uh, thanks to the right to shelter rule enacted in the 80s, he is also legally required to house everyone. Great. It's how can how can you pass a law like that and declare yourself a sanctuary city and not set aside money to be that? I guess that would be the responsible thing to do. That means you're only sanctimonious and not really a sanctuary city. That's probably maybe that that's maybe that's what we start, should start calling them. Why can't Democrats put their money where their mouth is? Well, they like to take the, they they like to use their mouths because to take your money because it's not their money, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, let me squeeze in uh, Jeff. Jeff's in Georgetown, and uh, Jeff, are you on strike? Yeah, I'm on a permanent strike. I I went. Uh, my wife and I went and got a two eighteen Honda about in uh, twenty twenty one. I did uh, around nineteen hundred sixty six deliveries for uber wow on the food side yeah and let me when you go out to you i'll give you an example when you go out to eat at a nice restaurant say cotton patch or mm-hmm. any other nicer restaurants in town uh you are cooks you get you get a hundred dollar bill for a couple of steak dinners for you and your wife you, you have a waitress there you're going to tip her 25 30 40 dollars when you get one this with uber you have no control over any kind of tip that you're going to make. And the, the, the person you're delivering to, usually they ask you to leave it on the doorstep. You never see them. So they don't have to face you. They, they uh, screw you half the time. You don't make anything. But in one year, I made like $35,000 part-time. I'm retired. But anyway, I couldn't claim any of it after the deductions. You take the average car nowadays is like forty thousand dollars insurance, two over two hundred thousand two hundred dollars a month. You're not making any money. You're just suckers. Sounds like considering those details and the facts there, it it sounds like um, you know maybe another choice for you, right? Another option, maybe. Yeah, maybe look some other way. No, no. I quit doing it because when when you look at it. 
Like I said, you take a, you have your car payment. If you get a reliable car, which you have to have, and then you're you're making that car payment. You're buying fuel. You got to have money for breakdowns, and uh, then your insurance. And at the end of the year, when you take all those deductions, you come out. You're not making any money. You can't even use that in- yeah. income. For example, we were going to try to buy a house, but there wasn't enough money to show on that. It's almost like a break break-even proposition. Why'd you do it then? Why'd you do it, Jeff? Why did you do it for so long? Well, I kept thinking, you know, we're going to make some, we were making like $130 a night. You know, we were doing it part-time. My wife works, I'm retired. But And then the other thing, you're disrespected in a lot of those places. You have to stand around there. My wife did it. I'm older. She would go in and you have to wait for those orders at a lot of places. And there's so many, think about this, there's so many, so there's only so many orders per night. And their business model is to flood plenty of drivers out there to cover all these orders. Half of the guys aren't there aren't making any money. Yeah. So well, you're, you're, worth you're making a great argument not to do it. I, I hear you. It sounds like there were incredible obstacles. I was just curious, if it's so bad, why did you do it for so long, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess at some point you got to kind of cut your losses and go find something that's going to work. Listen, right. a, a brutal Venezuelan gang that has been used, uh, you know, uh, the border crisis to set up in New York joins forces with MS-13. This is according to a senior FBI agent in an interview with the uh, New York Post this morning. I'm- yeah, according to the story... Uh, these uh, these Venezuelan gangs have been partnering with some of the most dangerous groups. Uh, Trend de Aruga, which is law enforcement, is a warning, is rapidly expanding its criminal empire with uh, some brazen phone robberies in the five boroughs. And it's a priority for the FBI, according to Agent uh, John Morales. Morales, a special agent in charge of the El Paso Division here in Texas, he said the agency is closely monitoring Trend de Aruga's. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? What do we, uh, somebody can translate for us? Well, anyway, uh, they're continuing to grow in America, and they're concerned that they're forming an alliance of existing networks. Yeah, the Post revealed that um, how the Venezuelan gang, which establishes a, a bloody crime network across South America, is replicating its methods in New York, recruiting among new illegal aliens at shelters to set up cell phone robbery gangs and using its uh, in, you know, international reach to traffic the phones uh, to Colombia to be resold. Yeah. How about that? Now Morales is warning that MS-13 and other gangs could become temporary allies and said the FBI is actively sharing intelligence about this uh, this gang from Venezuela. I think it's uh, Trend de Arawa, I think okay. is how you'd say that. And I and if I'm not mistaken, that means uh, the Arawan train. Uh, Arawa is a, 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 one of the 23 Venezuelan states. Okay. So... That's probably what it is. And from what I understand, these guys are feared uh, for the way they, they torture victims. And they're teaming up with MS-13, who also tortures victims. Uh, and Gat- Kathy Hochul's, from what, I, what I've read, is, is kind of denying this, playing it down. Like, no, 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 people are just coming here for a better life, which is true for many. Yeah. But certainly not for all. Well, this is the FBI saying this. And the, the FBI, too. Right. Yeah. But, but you got, still, New York likes to deny until you have a problem, like the other day, where, where two cops are getting tuned up in the middle of the street in New York. Then all of a sudden, New York politicians want to come out and say, oh, you know what, we have a problem. But the only time they want to acknowledge it right now is when they say, well, look, our city services are being drained because Texas Governor Greg Abbott keeps sending them up to us. But 
The only time that Democrats admit it is when something bad happens. Well, uh, these gang members generally pass through border cities such as El Paso en route for other parts of the U.S. That's what Morales says. He says Border Patrol agents have apprehended 41 of these gang members from Venezuela along the U.S. southern border between October 22 and September 23. And the FBI is asking the Venezuelan migrants to report gang members, offering them uh, protection uh, if they just uh, reach out to the FBI. Mm. Which probably not getting a whole lot of support and uh, you know cooperation on that front. Wouldn't think so. I, I would think that Venezuelan migrants don't trust uh, the FBI like they don't trust their government. That's well, why they're fleeing, right? And they probably know who. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. They probably, but they probably know who the bad guys are. They know what they're all about. Why and they don't I, trust the FBI? So why am I going to go talk to you? Why would I squeal? I'll come right? out of here and five minutes later I'll be dead. They'll they'll target us if we squeal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is a scary report from the feds here this morning. It is. It is yet another reason why we should just be locking down the border. Absolutely. But don't want to do that, do we? Nine thirty-three here on the Todd and Oz show. Jump in at 512-836-0590. There's a couple of uh, federal agents that are talking to the press uh, across this country. They're concerned about Venezuelan gangs, violent Venezuelan gangs partnering with MS-13 and uh, other gangs uh, that may have uh, bad intentions uh, while here in the United States. They're talking about these cell phone robberies, these smash and grab type things that have been happening up in uh, in New York. And one FBI agent from uh, El Paso is kind of sounding the alarm on this front. Mm. Uh, They did apprehend at least 41 known Venezuelan gang members at the southern border not too long ago. And uh, he's kind of sounding the alarm that they could uh, there could be many of them already here uh, in the United States. Ray is in central Austin and wanted to weigh in on that story. Ray, good morning. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I really do appreciate it. I love your show. Thank you, Ray. But um, I wanted to tell you that uh, you're absolutely right. These FBI guys are on the mark. These violent gangs are coming and joining forces here with the other ones. The ones that are already existing here from uh, Latin America, like the uh, MS-13. And uh, the, the whole problem is that when they're coming across the border, we can't vet them. Where there's no way of vetting them. There's no vetting going on. So when they get here, those people that could identify them, they're terrified of them. Because they know they will kill them here and kill the families back where they're from. Yeah. And so that's what we're facing. We're facing something that's an impossible task, really, to control. And it's probably already out of control unless we just get hard and say, everyone, even if you're in the process of getting paperwork or waiting for your court date, you're going to have to go away in your uh, country of origin Yeah. and just clean house. You know, yeah. five, go back up to five years Yeah. because, you know, this has been going on for so long. What, what do you, when you say clean house, what do you mean, Ray, in detail, specifically? You know, there's been instances in our history with uh, when we went to war with Japan, where we put them in concentration camps, right? Just because they're heritage, just because they, you know, looked like the people that we were fighting. I think we did that also to some of the to the Mexicanos. I'm Hispanic myself. Mm-hmm. I think the 50s, 60s. I forget the the exact day or year rather. But when I say round them up, I say round them up. But don't put them in concentration camps here. Just send them home. Yeah. I don't care if they said, "Hey, but we've been here for a year. I've got my work permit. I got a court date." Well, then go back there and wait. And I'm sorry if you're going to get hurt or killed, but I'd rather you do it over there than bring these people here. They're going to hurt our citizens yeah. or myself or my family. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Ray, I hear what you're saying. I mean, uh, estimates vary, but uh, we're told that the, the, the administration has allowed, uh, you know, anywhere between 8 to 12 million illegals into the country. And nobody's talking, Ray, about what to do with that, right? 
I mean, at some point, the Democrat Party is going to have to propose, uh, I don't know, citizenship, right? That's probably coming soon, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to come soon, and it's going to be the wrong thing to do. That's my opinion, you know, yeah. because we don't have any idea of who these individuals are. Yeah. Like those guys that tuned up that, that those police officers, uh, you know, first look, first on the, on the outward face appearance, it might be just like, oh, they're going to be coming here. They're happy to be here. They're excited to be here. It's a dream for them. That's why they come here. But in a moment's notice, we don't know how they're going to turn. I bet you those cops up in New York didn't think they'd get tuned up. Did no. They? No, no, no. These were guys that were so disrespectful to our law. Are our, our, the countries they're living in, they want to be creating their dream in it. They're so disrespectful to us. They're, they're basically, they're basically yeah. fucking us out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Americans, we've been punked out yeah. by these guys. Yeah. If we were in jail, we'd be punks. They're, they're di- <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to explain this. And maybe you can, Ray. Uh, some of the people that are coming from Venezuela and some other Latin American countries, they're not, um, they've never lived in society like the way we live in it, right? I'm trying to think of a, an easier way to say that where they're from is different. It's very different. I mean, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you're locked up, if you're locked up in prison, it's a different life in prison, right? There's different rules. Oh, definitely. And those rules apply on, on the streets of Venezuela. That's right. You know what I mean? You know, they view, I mean, when we talk about pedophiles here in in, in the States, we're talking about 14, 15, 16. If you're underage and you're having an affair or a relationship with a a grown adult, that adult is a pedophile. That's how we classify them. Over there tonight, I talked to some people that came from Cuba and they're like, oh, that's common place, 13, 14 year old girls over there. And he was a custodian. And, um, I think he was from Cuba. I'm not sure where he was from, so I'm not going to be a liar or make it up. But he would sit there and glare at all these women that are walking down the hallway, and just just very obviously looking at him and like salivating them and making them real uncomfortable. And I said, you know, you got to tone it down. You can't do that. Yeah. And he goes, well, that's what we do over there. And see, that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, they're yeah. not. There's a different kind of culture, different kind of civilization. In comparison to us, they're uncivilized. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying, Ray. That's, uh, I'm glad you said it. Uh, 938, jump in at 512-836-0590. Go go ahead. Just on that note, I I was thinking about this situation with this moped gangs in New York City. And, you know, there are a lot of videos online of mopeds in other countries, guys swooping by and robbing somebody. But nowadays, apparently, uh, it's not just third world countries anymore. Sure, you got to hug the building anytime somebody rolls up on a moped. It's uh, New York City. Mm-hmm. Listen, we got some breaking story. There is some sort of incident that's being reported on northbound I thirty five at Fifty First Street. Is there a crash? Uh, it's actually it's police activity. I, I'm I'm uh, looking here at uh, the the picture tweeted out uh, by the uh, transportation department, and and it shows there's a. Let's see, one, two, three, four. There are multiple uh, first responder vehicles, uh, AFD, APD on the scene. They've got 35, uh, 35 and 50 first closed down right now. Well, if Heavy it, delays. If there's fire trucks and ambulances, something has already happened, right? And it's not just an incident. It's an incident that already happened if, if uh, you know, it's more than the police there. Uh, if you're in that area, uh, please check in with us at 512-836-0590. The interstate's shut down, correct? Yeah, yeah right now, 35 uh, northbound at 51st Street. 
Uh, actually, it looks like both directions are are impacted. Okay, uh, not by this. Both uh, directions. Yeah. that's a big deal. That uh, it's a it's a busy time of day. Of course, uh, if you're there in that area, please jump in at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Uh, we had an incident in, on the interstate uh, earlier this week as well that shut the interstate down. Uh, you know, we had an incident. Uh, a person was deal- dealing with a mental health episode, as if you will. Yes. And uh, that sort of thing. And, uh, well, yeah, jump in with your eyewitness reports. Now, listen, um, Lyft and Uber drivers, DoorDash uh, drivers, many of them across the country are on strike today. Now, we don't know exactly how many are on the picket lines, but we know it's not all of them. It's a smaller percentage that actually are on the picket lines. Uh, but one of the target cities this morning is Austin, Texas. The drivers want better work conditions. They want better pay, that sort of thing. And so they decided to go on strike this Valentine's Day. And in Austin, if you're planning to use Uber or Lyft to get to the airport today between 11 and 1 p.m., you may face uh, a little bit of an obstacle. There's going to be plenty of drivers, but uh, there'll be some that are on strike. The smart ones will be out there waiting to take the business of the others who are going to be standing around on the picket sign complaining. Yeah. Uh, Hang on a second. Uh, John... Uh, John, are you a Dash driver, a Lyft driver? What is it? I've actually done Lyft, Dash, uh, Uber Eats, Favor. I've done all those. But um, let me tell you what. I make the most money. I make the most money driving the XL with my Expedition King Ranch. Um, if you can do something like that, don't bother with deliveries. But when you deliver with Uber Eats, let me tell you what happens. It's the most dishonest system for drivers I've ever seen. It does not tell you that they're showing you an estimate for what you're going to make on the on the uh, amount. Mm. So what happens is, say you're going to get a delivery, and, and it's like, oh, I'm going to get $11 for this quick delivery. You make the delivery, and then it ends up maybe two fifty three dollars mm. That That's what it ends up being. And when I, when I dug into it, I found out that not only can the customer promise a higher tip, which drives up the estimate, but they just estimate based on tipping history for that area or that customer. Mm. So if the customer doesn't tip you, you don't make the amount that they show, and they don't show you that's an estimate with tip. You have to dig and find that out. I delivered one day and made so little money, it cost me money to actually make deliveries. So I never never did it again, but I dug into it and found out that's exactly why. And that's why they have to have so many people that struggle um, with with Uber Eats, because you, you don't make money. If you're not picky about it, I made I make more money doing DoorDash, and when DoorDash puts their stuff up, you know exactly what you're going to make. Interesting. Um, and then sometimes it's more because the tip is more. Yeah, interesting. So, um, but you, but you yeah, say I don't do any of it anymore. I have an insurance company now that that's that took off, and I was doing it to to make ends meet while I was starting my business. Yeah, there you go. Interesting. So well, thanks for checking in, John. I appreciate that uh, expert analysis. Indeed. Yes. Yeah, some yeah. insight. Good yeah. advice. Hang on a second. Let me squeeze in Don. Stuck on I-35. Don, give us an idea where you're located. Yeah, I'm about uh, 38th and I-35 northbound yeah. on the flyover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you see what the holdup is there at uh, 35 I, I and 51st? Yeah, you know, I mean, we're still here for a minute or two, and then we'll creep a few car lanes forward, and then yeah. And and I never realized that. I'm, uh, of course, it's this way, but there's no getting off this flyover. Yeah, I mean, right now, yeah, you're stuck there. You're stuck there for a while. Yeah, yeah. apparently, it's uh, the backup begins at uh, 35 northbound uh, at 51st yeah. Street, but it's also. Can you see on the other side of the the interstate? Is it backed up as well? Not at all. 
it's flying. Oh, okay. it is. Okay. okay. All right. So, so it's just northbound. All right. So just the northbound I, side. Yeah. yeah. I can't see underneath. As a matter of fact, uh, southbound just had trickles of cars before, but it's flowing pretty good right now. All right. Okay. I'm wishing I was over there because I just wanted to turn yeah. around because I, I got another appointment that way. Well, trying to make an appointment this way, and that's completely blown. So. Well, uh, pack your patience. Uh, and call back, Don. Can you call back if you see get a better eyewitness view of what's happening there? Just just call back if you got time before the top of the hour. Oh, well, uh, I'm sorry. Appreciate I don't it. have more for No, no, no. You did good. You did fine there. I appreciate that. Eyewitness reporters on the Todd and Osh. Text us says traffic is being dumped off onto the frontage road right okay. now. So this is going to be very, very, very slow through there. 9.49 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Let's go to uh, Josh. He's been stuck on traffic on uh, I-35 northbound. Josh, what do you see? Give us an update. Yeah, so, I well, I just passed where it was at, uh, at, at 38th Street, where the flyover bridge is. Yeah. Um, it looked, there was a bunch of patrol cars up there, and EMS was there, but they had a hero uh, shutting down the interstate below it. Um, it, it, it looks like there may be somebody up there having, you know, a, a mental health issue like we had the other day. Yeah, maybe uh, so. But, maybe so. But their the hero is, is who's shutting down 35. All right. Uh, they've got three trucks blocking all of 35 uh, so that nobody can go under that bridge. That's those heroes uh, roadside, uh, you know, rescue crews. Yeah, yeah the highway, highway yeah. emergency uh, response operators. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Side note to that story, exactly. Josh, uh, you know, it was uh, Sergeant Sam Cox that started that group, actually, working for the state. Just You're, a, here, really? Yeah, just, oh, really? A, just a little okay. side note there. Yeah. I did not know that. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Appreciate you checking in. There you go. All right. It is uh, 9.50 here You're at K- KLBJ. Listen, uh, another, uh, well, another, uh, another uh, bad break for, uh, uh, would you call it an iconic business? I would, yes. Highland Lanes? I, I think maybe. I think it's iconic. Well, apparently they're, uh, they're getting ready to close. Yeah, uh, and apparently uh, was, it was a dart bowl that shut down three or four or five years ago, that I guess during, it was. Uh, COVID, COVID era. Yeah, during uh, during COVID. Well, now uh, Highland Lanes is, is shutting down. Yeah, Highland Lanes, uh, the North Austin bowling alley there on Burnett Road, first opened in 1976. Yep. And uh, it's closing by the end of the year. Co-owner John Donovan, he says, although a specific date has not been set, uh, a 300-unit multifamily development is expected to take the bowling alley's place. Yeah. Another uh, another condo project. Uh, they got a zoning change that they that they're working on. But anyway, uh, here's a quote from Donovan: uh, "We don't own the building, uh, and and we will be losing our lease right now. We uh, we have uh, through the end of this year, and uh, and past that we really don't know. Yeah. Maybe a few more months, but uh, they're shutting down. The owners of the property have uh, sold it to a developer to uh, to build a you know some apartments. Really unfortunate." I uh, I kind of thought the writing might be on the wall a couple, three years ago. You know, they had the Lebowski's Grill there, and I, I think Lebowski's Grill had to close because, you know, revenue just wasn't. But this is – see, I don't my, – my father died when I was seven years old. Yeah. And I don't have a ton of memories of it. But I do have a memory of my father at Highland Lanes. Yeah. And so I, I know it's it's just a bowling alley, you know, that most people just drive by at 183 and Burnett Road. But I think it's a real shame. Just wonder where uh, Austin Water Department employees are going to hang out all day. You know? <laughs> you remember that story? They could always go down to Westgate Lane since remember, that's the last one here. You remember the story? I do. Austin yeah. Water Department employees hanging out there all day long. I do. Billing the city, billing the taxpayers. <laughs> uh, Highland Lanes is nice. Uh, that area is plagued by uh, a homeless crisis. Yeah. Uh, that building is surrounded by, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, guess, uh, I, I guess it's just, you know, 
one of those things that uh, that that is going to happen eventually well, on almost everything. There's a gentrification that is happening there on Burnett Road. Uh, you yeah. know, there's a lot of new development in that area. Several apartment complexes. Oh, we need places to live, right? People need a place to live. Yeah. Just hate to lose a. Uh, an iconic bowling alley in the process. Now, if this is the same plan that I, I read about a while, uh, more than a year ago, this would be mixed use, 4,000 square feet of commercial space and apartments. And then the city, I think a little more than 10% of those apartment units would be reserved uh, for whatever the, the city's mandate on low-income housing would be. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's that little corner there is going to look vastly different not too long from now. You know, that's just, I don't... What's that I don't other like place? I see my Austin going away. Yeah, well, and it has been for years. I'll be honest with you; it's kind of been, it's kind of been crumbling for the past decade. Sure, right? Sure. I mean, let's, they've been losing revenue, so therefore they don't have as much money. But what's that other place called? Pinstack or Pin? Is it Pinstack? Well, yeah, up there on Pinstacks over on northbound I thirty five. Is that? It may be Palmer, I think. Right? Maybe Flugerville, right? Palmer, it's by Palmer, yeah. yeah, yeah, by the by the Schlotskys and never been there. In and out. I love a good bowling alley, though. I oh, love I it, man. I was raised in bowling alley. I do too. Yeah. Uh, when I back in the '90s, my buddies and I it was always a Sunday, Sunday thing. You know, you you you, you get together and you go have uh, you know have some lunch at the bowling alley and bowl around, watch football. We were too young to drink beer back then, so yeah. you know. But still, yeah, it was a. There's something just something calming and relaxing about a a bowling. Alley. Yeah, the smell of uh, hard resin and cigarettes. Spilt beer here and there. Those are the good old days. And That's, used we, shoes. We were raised on that smell as uh, kids from the 80s. Don't forget, though, back then, you also had to throw in the smell of stale cigarette smoke. That's what I'm which, saying. Which, to this day, I know it stinks, but it makes me so nostalgic. Makes you think of your aunt. Oh, my God. I love it. The Todd and Oz Show. Weekday mornings, 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ.